0: And I was like, hold on a minute. Wait, did he really just... Yes, he did. I
1: did. I sent you a little video of me beating the dragon. Yeah. Weird. It sounded weird. What you just said sounded really weird. (laughs) Well, sometimes I send Hillary videos of me beating the dragon, but you know. Whoa! (laughs) Wow. That's why we're friends.
2: Alright, welcome to Rated NA, uh, episode number 102 for the website Nerdappropriate.com, where we talk about all things nerdy, which includes everything, pretty much, yeah. we, we, deem, we deem all things as nerdy, so if you do something and you really love it, then we think you're a nerd about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: but, yeah, we're all here, uh, no special guest this week, we're, this is actually the first kind of normal podcast we're going to do in the past, like, five, I think, Uh Unless
3: yeah. you, including the Bioware stuff, like ten. I don't know how many we've. It's we, crazy. It's our first one, so. normal
1: episode. I'm kind of excited just this to talk about stuff. The first normal
3: normal episode of the new millennium of episodes. Oh wait, <laughs> yes. the new what? century. The new century of episodes. Oh, the new. Oh, got it. X hundred. Got it. Yeah, yes. It is, Sorry, I'm at we a disadvantage going. right now. I apologize.
1: I <laughs> what is that <laughs> disadvantage, <laughs> Scott, for our <laughs> listeners?
3: Uh, I've just been you know working hard, so I'm tired. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> i apparently um, in
0: the work. same in the same campus here let's do the rundown
3: <laughs> oh so well can i can i tell a story before we do that no you tell stories after we talk about what oh we're doing. fine okay so uh on today's podcast of course we're going to talk about what we've been up to and uh it's actually been longer than you might think with all these other episodes um we're going to talk about some e3 news with nintendo um, Xbox News and their new console, um, Beyond Two Souls uh, trailer. And then uh, a friend of ours who did something awesome at the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, Ash is going to talk about Dark Arisen. We're going to do a little Bioshock Infinite spoilers. Um, I played the game Adara that Ali Hillis is in and we talked about last week. And uh, Hillary saw the movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Um, and then mm-hmm. in our Narquato N- 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 This week, which is our Nerd Appropriate Question of the Week. Um, We ask, where are you currently living? (laughs) Sorry, let me try it again. (laughs) Where are you currently living? And what is your favorite thing about your town? And uh, we'll tell you where that question came from and the responses uh, later in the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your story, Scott? (laughs) Okay, so um, I will change the names and the locations to protect the uh, people involved in this story. So oh let's just say that I was at the Winchester earlier today uh-huh. and I overheard a conversation at the table next to me. And the girl at the table was meeting with a study friend to study for finals, right? Right. And she was like, this is this is kind of how the story goes. <laughs> she was like, so uh, I was just dating this guy. And we had sex, and then afterwards, uh, I started to have some irritation. So uh, <laughs> I went to the doctor, and he gave me some antibiotics. So apparently, I'm not contagious or anything. I just have something. <laughs> and she's like, and then later she's like sitting there. She's like, her her study friend goes and gets a drink, right, and then comes back, and she's like, oh. It's like, she's like, I can't drink. I can't have sex. I can't even take Adderall right now. (laughs) She's like, there goes any chance of a one night stand where I don't have condoms with me because (gasps) apparently uh, uh, I'm allergic to like the number one condom brand in the world. Is that what... That's wow. kind of the gist of the conversation. I'm paraphrasing, did obviously.
1: Did you did you know
3: these people? No. Oh, okay. I just oh, okay. Overheard, overheard the conversation.
2: Right. I thought these were all people we knew because you said no. you were yeah, changing the their names. Tech, their name Although like, you didn't wow. actually no. use any names at all. I didn't all, use so. any names,
3: but I changed the, the location. I <laughs> called right. it the Winchester. There yeah, go. I got that. Got it. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff you hear at the Winchester from time to time. So <laughs> it it's sure kinda, is. Lasting. It really... Yeah. So, uh,
1: so other than um, listening to <laughs> lovely, classy women talk about their private areas, what have you been up to?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do, right? That's it. Was just funny, but, anyways, I've uh, I finished uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star. Um, I have I heard that on, game
2: was really fun.
3: It it actually is really fun, and it it's weird because they use the sticker mechanic as the combat system, and that's kind of cool because it's like you can't just do the same maneuver over and over again you can only do it for as many times as you have that sticker so it's Mm -hmm. kind of a cool mechanic it's the the paper mario series in general seems to be pushing the limits where like the traditional mario brothers games are not so that's where you go if you're looking for that kind of thing but anyways finished that game started playing professor layton i've i've really been like working at the school stuff a lot so i've kind of been gaming sort of like in a non-traditional sense so i did that um and then I, based on our conversation with Allie Hillis last week, I started playing the game Adara on, um, the surface and it's really great. It reminds me of those like old school nineties, um, puzzle adventure games like, um, shivers or, um, you know, like shivers, in, shivers. you remember shivers that Sierra. Shivers. Sierra adventure, yeah. um, or like a seventh guest kind of game. So that's really great. Um, I played the first episode, which is free. So I encourage everybody that has windows eight to go out and try Adara. It's really fun. And Allie Hillis is the main character. Um and I honestly can't stop listening to that Form and Shape album that Ash posted the article about like that's really awesome. Um yeah, I, and...
2: I, uh, I listened to that and then shared it with our friend Ryan too. Oh also cool. Liked it. cool. So cuz I was like this is right up your alley and he was like oh I love it. So yeah, it's great.
3: And it's You guys might be surprised to hear that I read a comic book. Ooh. I saw you. I, I saw Yeah. You. I read I mean you guys know but I'm I'm into like mogs and stuff and analog instruments and I have a theremin but um, there is a comic book now um about the Theremin. I mean or the guy Leon Theremin who invented the Theremin. They basically reimagine this character as um like an international super spy who can travel through space and time. <laughs> so it's like right up my alley. It's like the guy basically the the story is like he through the invention of the Theremin he opened a rift in space time and can like now he's like a super spy and it's it's incredible. So I'm going to I'm going to stick cool. with that. So you can – anybody that's listening, you can go read my review on NerdAppropriate.com, but it's a a great um, comic. I would encourage everybody to listen. So, uh, Ash, what have you been up to? Uh, Busy week. Good week, though. Um, Yeah, you told me you were stressed out, man. Yeah, it was – you know, it was
1: work stuff, but that's really fucking boring to talk about. So I'm not going to, but uh, I picked up uh, Dark Arisen on Tuesday, which is the expansion – I guess it's an expansion pack for –
0: I don't know. It's weird because it includes the original yeah. game as well, and it just, gets rid of the theme song.
3: Yeah. Oh. Well, it's for Dragon's Dogma. For so wait, Capcom. is it a standalone, or can you? Do you it's have? No. It's both. I mean, what if you, you never play the original? How about? You can.
1: That? It comes with the full game. It just yeah. adds an extra continent that you can go to. That's essentially just a, an endless dungeon delve. So wait, oh. so you you
2: you buy it twice? You bought the full game twice, essentially. Yes,
0: you bought the game twice.
2: Yes. Oh Yes, but it's there only $40. There was no option to get it without to... it? No. No. no.
3: Oh. So wait, you can wait. buy the full game now for 40 bucks. Yes. With oh. Dark Arisen? With Dark Arisen. Yeah,
1: Okay. with Dark this Arisen. is a
2: confusing marketing plan.
1: It is. It's so essentially, it. if you want Dark Arisen, you have to buy the full game, and you get this extra content with a bunch of fun extra stuff. So I've been playing that on and off, and um, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I went and saw Evil Dead last weekend finally so I'll, I'll probably talk about that a little bit just for a minute um let's see what else Jeez, i don't know watching game of thrones
4: Ooh. playing
1: some hero academy Losing um hero academy just one game out of 14 you dick <laughs>
3: <laughs> wait has anybody beat amanda yet that's the most yeah important.
1: i've never played amanda right really? here
3: Oh, Ash you need to play her. I'm I'm I know. that's she awesome needs to send me Congratulations. A I'm
1: getting I'm getting fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, yeah. It's getting competitive.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but it's good. It's a great game. It definitely if you haven't checked out Hero Academy from Robot Entertainment on uh, most devices iOS and actu- even actually it's on PC now too Steam. Yep. It's um, not on
2: Android. It's just
1: iOS and Steam. Oh, it's just iOS and Steam? Okay. Yeah, it's a, well, it's great. So definitely, definitely pick okay, that it's up. It's on Android.
0: Wait to... a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Ash, are you saying that you're not competitive? Just a little um, bit. Because, and this is why I ask because I was sent a text message maybe not two days ago mm-hmm. after a conversation I had with Ash about a stupid dragon that I was having trouble passing. <laughs> so what does he do? He sends me a video of him passing the dragon or beating the dragon. <laughs> and I was like, Dick.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Just wait till next year and gen. you just can do that online.
0: Fine. And I was like, hold on a minute. Wait, did he really just... Yes, he did.
1: I did. I sent you a wow. little video of me beating the dragon.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Weird. Well, it sounded time. weird. What you just said sounded really yeah. weird.
3: <laughs> well, sometimes
1: I send Hillary videos of me beating the dragon, but you know.
3: Whoa! <laughs> wow. That's
1: why we're friends. But Hillary, what have you been up to?
0: Um. Okay, well, we already, t- we already talked about the fact that I saw Oblivion, which was really, really good. Was it? Yeah, no, I have to say yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I saw it in the theater. And I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but, wow, he was pretty he good. can't
2: be. He's so tiny. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Why? Is that
0: because buddy. I'm so tall?
2: No, he's really tiny. Yeah, I know. He's like 5'2".
0: Okay, so then I also saw Promised Land, which is a great movie, and um, played some Dark Arisen. And um, there's a new book that came out this week called The Elite, and it's in the series called Selection. It's like a YA um, post-apocalyptic like dystopian type thing but it's kind of like the bachelor meets fallout i don't know it's kind of cool so um i've been okay. reading that yeah so uh that's, that's cool. what i've been doing so that's matt what cool. about you
2: uh i finally started up tomb raider mike because all my shit's hooked up so nice. started up tomb raider i've been playing like i had been limiting i've been you know we always say we've been i've been i have been working a lot uh playing catch up at work and I so I've been limiting myself to just like an hour at a time of playing Tomb Raider at night and usually just when I want to unwind and play a little bit and then on Friday night I guess because I had nothing to get up for on Saturday I got completely sucked down the vortex of Tomb Raider and played till 5 a.m. in the morning oh God. it's really it's good, good right yeah. yeah it's it's awesome I mean it's yeah. it's like it's great I really love it the writing's fantastic like everything all the fears that I had from the piece I played at Comic-Con and like the weird promo we saw that they definitely changed yeah uh is gone. I mean everything in context is done really well and, and is pretty awesome. Uh have and there's guys, some amazing scenes inside of it too. Have you played I'm, the
0: part where she's kind of shifting into a, like a kick-ass awesome?
2: I would imagine um, I'm more slinger? than halfway through, I believe, okay. at this point. So she
0: like she like literally starts changing what she says during combat. And yeah, like
2: Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like I just I just went through a scene where she's like cussing out the dude that she's like chasing down to go kill essentially it, Good. it's cool yeah, so it's great it's great uh, the only thing that I actually talked to Ashley really briefly about the thing it it brought up in me that was like I like it in this game it's weird to say this that this game reminded me of it cuz this game did not annoy me with it but there's like a trope in video games now that I'm getting really tired of which is the false ending and where like hey the game could end right oh everything went wrong you got to keep playing hey the game huh. could end right oh, everything went wrong again yeah. you got to keep playing like and this game does it a few times um yeah. but always in in the most epic like amazingly written way but it just made me think about it and then i started thinking about other games that do it and how often that really annoys me and and uh it was just a weird thing that that came up but and then uh beating ash and hero academy been doing that <laughs> uh, <laughs> just once <laughs> Uh, I started playing I, this. I
1: underestimated I, you. I, I just went like balls out in the beginning. I was like, wait, wait, what's
2: happening? I'm whoa well, whoa. Here's the problem what's happening here? The game <laughs> before that, you were playing me and you were the dark elves and you had that, that Reaper guy. Yeah. And I and I let you on accident let you power him up to max power. He basically becomes unstoppable at that point. Like it's impossible to kill the dude once he's gotten that badass. And Ash had him planted in front of where I pull my, gu- my, pull my guys out. So it was essentially <laughs> like it was basically just spawn camping, and I couldn't do it. I would literally get yeah. a guy out and run him across the board was the only thing I would do in my turn, and then he would kill him with his other guys like on the other side of the board, so I, I couldn't do anything. I just I lost the game and then and then I beat yeah, Ash It was yours. It was. It must have I've, felt been, I've been playing another game called Clash of Clans on the iPad. Is it, it a racist like, game? Yeah, yeah It's, it's all about <laughs> um, no, it's uh it's like Warcraft Light. If you will, cool. All right. It's okay. It's time based, so you know you can buy you can buy jewels that speed up time if you need to, which is like their hook. And it was okay at first, mm-hmm. and then it it like nosedives dives in pace if you don't buy oh, okay. uh, stuff from them. That's how they and it's priced, in. yeah, and it's priced a little heavy. Like five bucks is like the reasonable amount of coins to get but it's like still kind of it's weird and I, I like it and don't like it it's i keep playing it just because it's kind of going now but i only really check it like once a day anymore i don't really play like i was for the first couple of days and then uh i we if you're a longtime listener you'll know this but we are big D fans here in florida i won't speak for hillary i don't know
0: i've never played
1: when we hang out with you one of these years, we're gonna have to drag you in because you'll have so yeah. much fun. You'll eat it up. No, like
0: it. the only, the only like game that I'll play that's not a video game is like Monopoly. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm like really good at you that. You don't want to play
3: Monopoly with us? I'll tell you yeah. right now.
0: Oh no, no, no! I'm unbeatable. Yeah. No, it's I'm not even I'm
3: just gonna, I'm gonna nip this in the bud right here. You don't want to play Monopoly with us? <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, you guys don't want to play with me because you will
2: lose. I don't want to play at all.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. More, yeah. all right. Right. Napoli
2: has gotten a little, it's a little uh, derisive. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, when we play. Uh anyways, um, in the past, all of the D&D campaigns that I've run have always exploded into these like 15 person groups because everybody wants to play and we can't tell people no usually. And this time uh, it just kind of spontaneously started and it was just Ash, uh, my wife and his wife and me DMing. And uh it's been we've done two sessions, and Scott, once he gets kind of school evened out a little bit, is going to jump in I think, and we have another friend named Amy who might jump in at some point, but we're keeping it small three to five players, and that's it, and it's that's it's incredible. different It's awesome, it's a lot of fun and i've been- I've been kind of writing it on the fly too, which is I've never really done before, and I don't know if it's super boring sometimes because I don't really know what I'm doing or if it's kind of fun because it is totally random at this point still, so you no, know, it's fun. I'd like to
3: that sounds whole... great.
2: Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. I've We a actually
3: care in mine too, so I'm stoked.
2: Awesome. We we played the first day. We played the first session was like kind of all combat, and then the second session we did yesterday was all like detective work and role playing, which wasn't the plan, but it kind of ended up being that. And it was uh, it was different. We've never really had that happen, so it was you know cool.
0: what, You know what else is different?
2: What's, What's that?
4: that
2: news?
0: Nintendo cancels their E3 <laughs> keynote.
1: That was good. Yeah, it was, was good. good. hey Hey. So you get all that big NA money.
2: So uh, <laughs> Nintendo came out this week and said, hey, guys, we're not going to do a big-ass keynote at E3. We're going to do a bunch of small hands-on events for uh, the press to come and yeah. check out what we're doing. They're going to be. I think they're even off-site. I don't even think they're doing them inside of the E3 camp. They're literally renting out some rooms and doing small hands-on events for for Nintendo.
0: Do you think this is a white flag?
1: This is they're fucked because I heard the 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 Wii U can't run the new Unreal Engine, Unreal Four. It can't, it can't. run it, yeah. and it can't run the new Frostbite Engine. So it basically, can't. two two of the biggest engines they're going to be at least at the beginning of next gen. Um, mm-hmm. The Wii U can't even run them. So like people are literally saying they don't want to develop for it. So now what? It's like what what what's gonna happen unless they start, you know, actually start putting out shit, Nintendo branded things like put out a Metroid, put out a Mario that people really want to play. The third party's screwed.
2: Yeah, I think that's the problem too. Is I think what this is saying. I don't think it's a white flag like they're giving up to the other consoles. I I do think it is them saying, "Hey, we're not putting out any big games this year. Sorry. Like there's gonna be no Zelda. There's gonna be no Metroid. There's gonna be no new Mario." you know sunshine or whatever the big line is for mario right now i think i think this is them saying hey why don't you just come play some games and check out the nintendo again and we'll do some small presser events so you can see what's going on and and not really have any big Mm -hmm. announcements
3: they did announce a um prequel to link to the past that was going to come out for the 3ds which right but seems pretty awesome Nobody wants
2: 3DS. I mean, people want 3DS <laughs> games right now. <laughs> but what I'm, but what I'm saying is like that's nobody wants E3, that. <laughs> no, that's not an E3 press event. Like, like here's our brand new fucking Zelda game for the Wii U is a is a massive E3 thing.
3: Yeah, I di- mean, to be honest with you, I kind of read this a little differently. I mean, how do you guys would you be surprised at this point if Xbox and Sony Someday did the same thing and they were like, hey, we're not going to really do presentations at E3 anymore because it's like not worth our time and money to do this. So we're just going to do like smaller announcements like the same way Sony did their original PS4 announcement, just sort of like on their own. Well, I mean, I I mean, Um, Xbox
1: is doing their own announcement, which we'll talk about. Don't jump the news. But (laughs) (laughs) but at the same time, I think the reason the honest reason why Nintendo is not, you know, really going to be attending e3 in force or having a big press conference because they don't really have much to show at this point and the journalists would just eat them alive if they all line up in that in that room and then nintendo shows jack shit Mm
4: -hmm. and then
1: xbox you know is showing which they're going to do at e3 this year show their slate of upcoming you know exclusives and stuff like that Mm -hmm. nintendo's just going to look ridiculous so they're just bowing out i mean to save face i think
2: yeah i I agree i agree yeah.
0: Did you did any of you buy a Wii U? Oh, no. 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 Okay, so I mean, how would you feel? I mean, obviously, this is the reason why they came out so early, to try to get as many people as possible before this kind of news really hit the fan, maybe. But I, how would you feel if you actually spent the money and bought a Wii U? Because I was pretty excited about the Wii U until I found out about this.
3: <clears throat> well, I'll let Scott go first. but I mean, I'm not... I'm not even necessarily convinced that it's going to be worth buying an Xbox or a PS4 when they first come out either.
0: What?
3: Yeah. No, I'm no, I I mean, be- no
2: no, I'm not on the PS4 bandwagon. I, Scott and I are the only ones who aren't, but come not on. the only ones, but on this podcast, I, I think.
3: think. You know, to be honest with you, I think with the PS4 announcement, people only remembered the positive things and they filled in the gaps of anything that could be negative with something positive. So I feel like when the system actually comes out, it's probably not going to be what you imagined it to be when they announced it. And I think, you know, and I think in the same way, I, I definitely think with the Wii U, just to get back to the, the point, was that like, I think the Wii U definitely has some ground to make up with like explaining to people like what the value is of the secondary gamepad and like helping developers to make games that use that functionality. But yeah, but
1: the, the problem, not to cut you off, but the problem is, I mean, the, Xbox is already doing the exact same thing with smart glass and smart glass works.
3: Yeah. But why is it that when the Wii U does a second screen, it's a gimmick. And when the Xbox does smart glass, it's not a gimmick.
0: No, the the problem, the problem is why would they develop the hardware to do something fantastic, but then not develop on the inside and make it easy for third parties and other developers to use it. I mean, that that was a bad move
2: Mm -hmm. because it
0: could be really, really cool.
2: Yes. No, I think, I mean, I'm still not convinced smart glass works or is cool. I haven't, I've seen zero things that use it well other than Netflix. Like that's all or agree, Xbox music. Yeah. yeah. I mean like HBO it, go. Yeah. yeah like it uses it and it's good. It's such secondary things, but I'm saying like, I haven't seen a, a top tier like action game use smart glass in any oh, kind or of it's convincing like your way. Your
3: inventory or
2: something yeah, like this. I mean, yeah. it, it's just a thing right now.
3: It's never going to yeah, happen. You can't assume that everyone's going to have a, a smart glass device.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Like, I think it's they—they've done nothing to prove themselves what they can do, you know. So now, and now they're screwing third parties in a way by not having that other stuff. And it, there's just there's clearly no announcement. So why have a big E3 presser? I, I don't blame them at, yeah. this, at this point. I don't right. either. But speaking of big pressers, uh, Xbox moved their date. They they'd previously said end of April they were going to announce or you know have an Xbox announcement. Um, and they moved it. Uh, from what I understand, the reason they moved it. From behind the scenes, is that uh, they are planning to actually have hardware to show on nice. May twenty first, and they wouldn't have necessarily nailed that date as of the end of April. So they're pushing it back to the end of May, and we are feasibly going to see the codename Durango Xbox seven twenty two three hundred and four or whatever it might be called. Yeah, yeah. At right. the end of the day, May twenty first. Anybody have any educated guesses as what they think is going to be? The big thing,
1: um, I mean, obviously the argument that every other podcast on the planet is talking about is the the always on connectivity, and I don't even really, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, mean, think in, I think they're
3: back I think they're going to back off.
1: Yeah, of I mean, you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to uh-huh. do it. At this See, point. I
0: don't think that they're. I don't think that they are. Like, I, don't I think either. they're absolutely going to p- try to be the pioneer of that.
3: Yeah, I don't think the new Xbox and the PS4 are going to be as different as people think they're going to be.
1: Well, they're not. They're just. They're. They're. I mean, they're not going to be very different at all. They're basically just PCs. It's
3: going to be like a Dell computer and an HP computer. Yeah. And you're gonna it, be yeah like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. great. I'll just buy the brand that I like better.
1: You yeah. Know? They're obviously going to have the, yeah, the yeah. other
3: rumors. They have the same exact chip
2: inside of them. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, they're brothers. Uh, brothers. They're friends.
2: Well, I mean, okay. What I am
1: excited about. <laughs> what I am excited about is the fact that games are going to look really pretty. Um, it's going to take a couple years to get, you know, everything to where it should be with these new systems. But, you know, when you're looking at the new Unreal Engine, the new Frostbite Engine, it, it is going to look um, much different than what we're
3: seeing now in a and, couple years.
2: And we're talking Blu-ray. So the games will have, what is it, the double down like 31 gigs of space or something like that. Yes. i
3: excited for games that fit on a disc.
2: Yeah. Yes. So. Agreed, I, and then uh, I know what Ash is super excited about though is the Connect Two that's going to get announced with. Oh
1: it. yeah! As long as there's Connectimals again, because I still I have a date with a Connectimal if you know what I mean. Still do.
3: Whoa.
0: Oh no! Yeah, sounds a little Dear, furry to me.
3: <laughs> you read? Um, there was a couple. Of, there was an article about you know the new achievement system and how. Um, of course, you'd hone in
0: on that. <laughs> Well, I mean,
3: I think it's interesting because the idea is that you can design achievements in such a way to get gamers to do the things that you want them to do, right? And you can change achievements on the fly. So let's say you're doing like a community weekend. You can add an achievement to the game where you're like, if you participate in the community weekend, then you'll get this achievement. You know what I'm saying? Mm
4: -hmm. So that's
3: kind of like what seems to be on the horizon is like stuff like that where it's not really like. I mean, achievements were dumb to begin with, and I can't stop <laughs> collecting them myself. Yeah. But the whole idea is that you put them in the game to get people to do the things you want them to do, and that seems to be. I feel like seemed...
2: I'm the only person that does not ever look at. I would never. I, at I totally look.
3: Yeah, I've never looked at them in my life. Well, well I've never I think gone that's like, good. I to check out the achievements. No, I think that's great. I think that's what you exactly have to do. Especially if what if what they say is going to happen actually happens, then you definitely should never look at them again.
1: Well, sometimes, I mean, they right now, as they stand, they can actually be kind of fun. I'm like, I'm, uh, sometimes it, they'll make you perform a mechanic in a game that mm-hmm. you wouldn't do otherwise. Mm-hmm. And you end up having, like, a whole lot of fun. It's almost, you know, a metagame inside the game where you're like, oh, I have to perform this many assassinations. And it adds right. to the longevity yep. of a lot of games, too. So I understand why they did it. It's the ones that are like, collect every fucking yeah. feather. And oh my god I was totally thinking that Yeah it's yeah. just like are you kidding me Like go fuck yourself I don't want to spend yep. 18 hours collecting shit
0: no, it's funny because I was just thinking AC3 when you were talking about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would have never stuck my my sword-laced um, mu- musket gun into one enemy to shoot the enemy behind him had I not known that there was an achievement to do that. Yeah. But am I going to go collect all the feathers? Probably not.
3: No, no. Like, that's the problem is that like a 50-point achievement in one game is not equivalent to a 50-point achievement in another game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like a currency that translates evenly between different titles and experiences and like even if you have like okay for example so there's an app on the xbox called connect play fit and all it does is it track your fitness progress across a certain set of games which includes dan central 3 but you can earn achievements just for turning that app on and looking at it you see Hmm. what i'm saying yeah yeah so it's like for basically playing the games you already play you can double down on achievements so the whole system is kind of like pointless in some ways and then useful in other ways you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i don't know we're getting kind of like off the track, but
2: yeah,
1: off the rails. Off the
0: rails. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to say that I disagree with you on the next generation of consoles, um, and I have a feeling that the next point that we have to talk about in the news, we're also going to disagree.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he has. A, that, I'm, I think I'm the only one who's watched it. Oh, uh, okay. Unless but, you've watched the video, Hillary, then then we can totally disagree on this thing. But I'm going to guess you didn't click it and watch it.
0: I'm going to guess that you're right. But at the same time, I'm just going to say that I am not in the same camp as you on this particular one.
2: Okay. So, uh, at the Tribeca film festival, um, Jesus, I just blanked the game company's name. Oh, Quantic Quantic Dream. Quantic Dream showed up with beyond two souls and actually showed a two hour film, I guess, or an hour and a half film, something like that of beyond two souls, uh, at Tribeca film festival. And, uh, also announced that um, Willem Dafoe is a, is a new voice in the game. He's going to be an actor and a voice in the game. Uh, I mean, I know we disagreed about the the teaser, and I know really I think it was about marketing for you, Hillary, but I would recommend watching the, the video. It, this one's a short – the trailer that I linked is just a short edit of it. You can actually watch, I think, about 35 minutes of it on, on uh, Quantic Dream's YouTube, possibly. It's been linked cool. a couple places. But uh, – it looks pretty friggin ridiculous at this point. So they, they started leaking more of what the actual story is and what you're kind of doing. And you kind of go through the entire lifetime of this girl, Jody, who has this secondary invisible person that she somehow interacts with. And they kind of hint that something went really bad when she was young. It sounds like she killed a young boy or something. And I think that's who the second person is. His name's Iden and uh, it just grows from there and it shows you it it does a, there's a bunch of in game footage of you there's actual combat in the game it looks like there's a lot of like not in a weird way in a very Quantic dream way it looks like oh, okay. you're, where you it's it's kind of quick time quick time yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's footage of you at looking through iden's eyes in the game and watching like people talk that you wouldn't be able to see like from walking in the room as Jody. There's a bunch of different just kind of cut together scenes of, of what this story kind of seems to be building to be. It looks really interesting to me. It looks pretty damn Epic as far as just a narrative tale goes. Uh, and it does look to, I I don't know what it's going to do as far as their, you know, kind of build your own story Mm -hmm. mechanic. I don't, they didn't, I didn't read anything about it, but, um, I'm looking. It actually interested me enough to go watch. I'm going to watch the 35 minute one at some point so I can see awesome. more. I of what I mean, it the is. footage
1: is beautiful. Like I, you know, I, I, as long as the narrative's good, it's going to be good. It's just, you know, it's going to run into the same problem that um, their last game ran into, heavy rain. and yeah, heavy rain and that Walking Dead no, ran into. No, like, no. is it a game? If yeah, it's a bunch I mean, of quick time sequences. Is it actually a game? And it's like, I say, sure. Why not?
3: Mm. <laughs> they i'm just not convinced i mean they're kind of like their kind of thing is is what they call interactive fiction right where you i mean heavy rain did have a lot of branching paths in it and it the game could resolve itself in a number of different ways depending on the choices that you make so i mean i i would say that it is a game you know uh
2: yeah i i mean I, I talked to Ash a little bit about this before we played D&D, but I've started to learn that in my cranky old age, I prefer <laughs> games that are narrative based and not necessarily gameplay based. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that's part of the reason I'm loving Tomb Raider so much is because it is a tight narrative story. It's not, I mean, the gameplay is great. There's nothing wrong with who you are and what you're doing. But it, at its base, it's a very good story. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. and was that's really the kind well of done. stuff that, that I get into, and I really enjoy as a game. I that game Tomb Raider could honestly be seven hours long, and I would turn it off and be like, "That was great. I enjoyed yep. it." Hmm. You know, um, so that's kind of why I'm excited about a game like this, like Beyond Two Souls. It looks like a narrative. It looks like it's done very well. The voice acting, to me, is fine and looks very good. Uh, you know the the art style; everything is is gorgeous in the game. So it just it looks good. I'd recommend at least watching the two minute teaser, and if, if you like that, maybe check you, out the longer version. Did you ever
3: play Heavy Rain? I would recommend. I it. have a backlog of like fifteen PS3
2: games because I never cool. turned it on. Um, so <laughs> other than Blu-rays, so I need to play some stuff. But yeah, that's on my list of,
3: of things to play. So, um, Hillary, like, what do you? Why is this game a turnoff for you?
0: Um, I think. I I just I don't know. I I, we had a lot of Do you not like Ellen Page? No, yeah, because we had that discussion already. Um not to like rehash that old discussion, but um no, I'm just not a big fan of Ellen Page. And it doesn't make me want to play knowing that Willem Dafoe is going to be a part of it. I I like there's I like when there's a clear separation between media. Like I like Mm -hmm. that Video game actors are video game actors and movie actors are movie actors. Even when like, you know, movie actors go to TV and vice versa. Like that bothers me. I'm not sure why.
3: Did you not like L.A. Noir? Wait, hold on.
0: I I didn't like L.A. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, it's the madman guy. Like, what is he doing here? Okay.
3: (laughs) But do you get stoked for
2: hearing, let's say, Ali Hillis in like an animated show?
0: Um well, the thing or about maybe. the animated the thing about animated stuff, I mean, like Jennifer Hale for you know she she does a lot of animated stuff, but her voice is so different, like animation to me and video games voice acting those type of voice actors who can do so many different things and it almost it, it's like it 's not them, you know what I mean they actually step into like doing crazy voices and squeaky voices and things like that you don 't necessarily like listen to it and you're like, oh my God, this Jennifer Hale. I, I think that's the mark of an amazing voice actor. What I don't yeah. like is in video games when you have an actor who is the same voice, practically the same character that they've been in every other movie. And gotcha. it's just, you know, a spotlight on a particular person.
1: Yeah, I think it's when the, the person's actually scanned in and mo-capped that that kind of throws me. Like when you have, mm-hmm. oh, for instance, like, you know, Martin Sheen was the elusive man, but he wasn't martin sheen he was yeah you know a totally different model different character and he Mm -hmm. was brilliant as elusive man and Mm -hmm. and you know then if you take another game um where someone's actually scanned in and they are you know they look like the actor it can kind of you know i mean i I could foresee myself playing um uh, playing beyond two souls and being like oh you know there's juno and like it might Mm -hmm. take me out of the game a little bit so i see what you're saying this is really interesting to me because like
2: they're they're not Juno and it's not Ellen it's not Ellen Page as Ellen Page in Juno. It's yeah. Ellen Page as a character like in any I mean it's the same in a video game. It's they're playing a character, whether it's their voice or not. Yeah. I don't know why it's interesting to me that it that, that drags you out because to me yeah. it would make me feel like then any movie you see any actor in ever would drag you out because you're like, That's the same guy from Top Gun. <laughs> well, like it's like Well <laughs> sometimes it does. No, <laughs> I, mean, I think no for me it.
1: it's because the technology is finally getting to the point where we can actually identify, oh, that's that actor. I mean, yeah. you know, six or seven years ago that wasn't possible because graphics weren't that good yet. So there was there wasn't the possibility of having an actual actor in a game where you could tell who the fuck it was. So yeah. I mean now it's just it's just new and for me it it can be a little bit jarring like I I, I was for for instance I stopped playing LA Noir when Greg Grunberg from Heroes showed up
3: <laughs> you know in the game and I was
1: like. <laughs> that's fucking Greg Grunberg and he's annoying the shit out of me. And so I stopped, I, stopped I was going to tell games. you
3: that <laughs> the reason that I continued to play La La Noir is because John Noble was in the game for like 15 minutes, but he oh, was really? like towards the end. And I stuck around just to see him. And I was like, you're awesome and you're a crazy person. And I love you. So yeah, I, I love John. Noble. That's why I played La Noir. but just to bring it back to, um, beyond two souls, like it's not even like necessarily what the game, like who is in the game for me, like, Hillary, you'll appreciate this. I am a huge fan, right, of Quantic Dream. So, like, yeah. they've already won me on the pedigree alone. So that – it's not necessarily Ellen Page or Willem Dafoe. It's just the fact that it's Quantic Dream that I'm, like, I'm sold on the game already because they've already sort of earned my trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, I feel like – I Matt, you have a good point. As you're getting older, you're figuring out your likes and dislikes – and I feel like I used to be a lot more broad in my my liking of games. I don't know. And uh, now I mean I really like The Walking Dead. I thought that was a really cool concept. But would I am I gonna get excited about a non gameplay, non combat based game? not probably not. I mean obviously. Ex- I mean it's it's yeah. like I don't a know. game
3: like like Heavy Rain in particular definitely does. Like if you if you can latch yourself into that story, like it's a very compelling story to keep you moving through the game because there's like tension there that you become a part of the same way that you do in walking dead, but just, you know, to like a non DLC extent.
0: I don't know. I think, I think I really like the break. Um, and again, I mean, I'm going to mention Bioware and it's not just because I have a relationship with Bioware, but I like how they break up the story. You guys
4: like going steady.
0: Yeah. No, it's like full disclosure.
4: Like they they do on TV.
1: Put out. Yeah. No, I mean,
0: I, I just I appreciate the fact that I'm just going to ignore everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> I I really appreciate the breaking up of tension. You know what I mean? Like you have the like shooting? intense moment and then all of a sudden you have to go do something or you shoot something or you know what I mean? I like the balance. Oh. It's not just like tension, okay. tension, tension, tension and then tension again and then talking and then tension. Sure. Sure. No, you know I can I mean?
3: appreciate I can appreciate your your opinion for sure because a game like Heavy Rain just is constant depression for like 10 hours because it just it starts out sad and it just gets sadder like as mm-hmm. the game goes on
2: right yeah I, cool. I mean i think that that's totally respectable i it, yeah it, it, this is we'll see what happens when it actually comes out yeah. i may hate yeah. it who knows
0: well i'm definitely gonna play it i, I mean full disclosure too, You'll i'm still going to play it yeah well, awesome. i'm going to play it but yeah. i don't i'm not going to be excited when i write that 60 dollar expense you know what i mean
2: for a minute, I thought you were going to say check. and then I was going to, be like, I was like, it's
3: 2013. Who writes checks? What's going on? <laughs>
2: um, and this this last bit of news is not not one we really need to discuss. It's just kind of a, a hurrah for a friend that I've had for a very long time. Uh, this, this kid I went to high school with and lived with for a short time named Sean Dunn uh, does documentary films. And if you go to veryapeproductions.com, that's his production group. And he I think they've got... Five of them are shorts, and I think they're posted in full on his website, and they might even be in his Vimeo account. But he just recently did his first full-length documentary called Oxiana, and it's about oxycotton use in this small West Virginian town called Oceana, and how it's kind of destroying the people there in the town. And uh, he submitted to Tribeca, got a lot of hype at Tribeca, and then ended up winning uh, Best New Documentary Director Award at Tribeca Congratulations.
1: Film Festival. That's a huge deal. That's
2: amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. I've known this. He's got the weirdest sense of humor ever created. I never... He's actually more sarcastic than me by far. I never know when he's serious or not. And uh, he's just an awesome guy. And I'm uh, happy and proud for him. And he doesn't listen. I just wanted to give him props so that other people will go check out his older work. Because he's... The documentaries he's done before are really interesting. He did one on... um, He did one on Juggalos. He actually went to the gathering of the Juggalos and did a, a short documentary on, on that. What's he did a juggalo? one oh, oh is that like a
0: gigolo no, <sighs> no.
2: It's that's like clown a fan posse. of the in, insane clown posse yeah you have to go watch the documentary right. you'll learn a lot uh and then he did one on like a guy who's got the largest record collection in the in the world and a guy who lives in his van and it's, it's a bunch of different very interesting topics so check it out uh but yeah i'm just a little a little huzzah for sean dunn uh very eight productions for winning uh, best new documentary director let
3: me let me submit a correction. The website is veryapeproductions.com. Not as very. I say? You said veryape.com. Oh, veryapeproductions.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So go find Sean Dunn at veryapeproductions.com.
2: Yeah. So Sweet. Yay. And that's it for the news, guys. Neat. Print so... the paper. Send it to press.
3: Ah, say. <laughs> Check out the games on that broad. Wow. Wackity smackity do.
1: All right, we are back with our reviews and discussion. We're going to be talking about Dark Arisen, maybe a little bit about Bioshock Infinite, and uh, Adara, and Hillary saw Oblivion. But uh, Hillary and I are both playing Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, and we have things to say about it. So let me ask you this, (laughs) Hillary. uh, Do you like it?
0: That's tough. I really love Dragon's Dogma. I can't say that I love the new expansion. I feel like it's like, here's some pain and some more pain. And then just when you thought that you've gotten somewhere, there's a lot more pain. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. How, how how do you think?
1: So I guess really briefly. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) To listeners, I guess explaining what Dark Arisen is. So Dragon's Dogma came out last year. Dark Arisen is sort of uh, an expansion pack. That's essentially just a massive dungeon delve. So they give you a whole new Island with a, a series of quests on the Island. And then the Island is, essentially just one big dungeon so it kind of reminds me um, a lot of the deep roads in a lot of ways did it remind you of the deep roads
0: yeah I think I think that there probably is a story but I think it's so overshadowed by how punishing it is that like I personally want to know like why is there why did this woman take me to this place and wh- why am i you know running into this person I'm not gonna give away spoilers but I, yeah. I feel like there is a story that we just haven't uncovered because honestly the bosses are too hard
1: yeah, I mean the story is minimal at best. With all of Dragon's Dogma, that's the the one big qualm I had with the game was that there really isn't much of a story. The gameplay is still, I think, some of the best um, for an action RPG.
0: Mm. But um, I'm going to disagree with you there.
1: Okay, Let, let's talk about it.
0: No, I I feel like I would be okay with the difficulty of the bosses if I had more control over my pawns, yeah, I or my like. my team. Because if, like, for example, if a dragon is vulnerable to ice and you have your pawn who is your like partner specced to have an ice attack you can't command that pawn to enchant your weapons with ice which is which would be awesome if you could do that i mean the only commands that you can give them is like uh go come and and help which is which i use all the time but at the same it'd be great to you know shout out a command or go over there or you know do kind of like mass effect like you know, go take cover over there, you know? Because I feel yeah. like the way that I've been playing, I feel like I'm constantly resing my um, my team and I'm oh, that's all, all I'm time. doing. Like, I'm, I'm not doing time. anything except running around saving people.
1: Yeah, or, no, th- there's definitely some problems with that. I think when they designed the game, their idea was, well, we're going to make the, the AI, the companion AI, um, be able to operate on its own without having to micromanage. So, like, you'll be able to equip your pawn with a series of attacks and they'll use whichever ones they think are best for the encounter. And in theory, that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, like you said, you get in these insanely difficult boss fights and I'm not kidding. Like your companions oh, will die 20, 20 times, 30 times, and you'll have to go and like res them real quick. And it's like, you know, it, it's a little infuriating and I think that's where the design of the game kind of falls apart. Like in regular encounters, let's say you walk into a room full of like orcs, the game is just insanely fun. Like you just, mm-hmm. you know, you're using all your abilities and your pawns are like helping you out. But when you have like these gigantic bosses that are like so oddly designed in what they actually can do, you know, and like it's strange and the game kind of falls apart. But it
3: sounds very Capcom.
1: It is a little Capcom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean difficulty overall. <laughs> I,
0: I even had to turn it and I'm I'm really against d- doing this for the most part. Like I'll I'll play everything pretty much at normal and then I'll try to bump it up if I can. I'm really weird about dropping it down to casual or easy, but I literally had to do that on a couple bosses and still couldn't beat like the dragon that we talked to, the the same one that you beat and then sent to me. <laughs> I literally dropped it down to easy. I'm like, okay, fine, I just want to get past this stupid mm. thing. I'm dying like every two seconds. My team sucks. So I changed out my team, I, you know, a, a couple times to see if maybe it was my, my team makeup or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I made sure that everything was set to go, got in there, kept dying, and I'm like, screw this. I'm not going to beat this dragon. I'm just going to run away. So I told me, like, the, oh, I, I used the come command and I just like busted out of that room.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the come command. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, how, do you, uh, how do you execute the come command? <laughs>
3: <laughs> With my fingers. Uh, <laughs> oh wow!
1: Okay, um, so let's talk about some of the <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Yikes. some of the uh the items and and stuff. Have you f- actually found anything while exploring this this land? So,
0: so the thing that I think is interesting is that you you can find a bunch of cursed items, which sounds like they'd be like amazing mm-hmm. once you figure out how to purify them and get rid of their their curses, which. Which is pretty well explained to you in the game about how you do it. So it's not any big secret. But yeah, you think that when you find like, you know, cursed item level three weapon, you're like, oh, that's going to be good. And then when you get it purified, you're like, oh, great. It's like a level two.
1: It's (laughs) like like a fucking earring. A busted
0: sword. (laughs)
1: Plus five to lightning. You're like, that? I found a fucking earring? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So yeah, there's some design issues. But the thing I am liking is I really like Dragon's Dogma. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to play it more, you know, um, but I kind of ran out of gameplay with the the main game. So it, it's giving me more to play for a little while, which is great. I don't feel like um, a burning desire to, to explore the entire depths of the dungeon. Um, yeah. There's no reason to. There's no, I mean, I don't know if there's a reward at the end. Who knows? But there's actually, there's no achievements for this. Did you know yeah, there.
0: Yeah, I know that. And that's one of the reasons why I decided what? to get out. Yeah, that's yeah. why I decided to leave because I actually went back to the old game. Um, because I, I want to experience it again. And honestly, I want to level up. I'm like level sixty and I want to level up so that maybe if I go back to the to the aisle or whatever it's called that um I'll have a fighting chance.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I, I beat the bishop sad. guy at the end. The uh...
0: <gasps> the necromancer?
1: Yeah, I beat him. You
0: beat him? Oh that's that's but... when I that's when I decided to to yeah. cut out. I was like, I'm done.
4: <laughs> huh.
1: That was a glorious moment, too. But anyway, uh-huh. so it, it's fun. If you're a fan of Dragon's Dogma, I say d- definitely pick it up. Um, some outlets are giving it really low scores. It does have some bugs and things like that, but if you're looking for uh, a dungeon crawler to kind of, uh, to, to you know, if you're t- tired of Skyrim right now and you're waiting for DA3 to come out, I couldn't recommend uh, Dragon's Dogma to you more, so...
0: Right. Well, one thing that you should probably mention, though, too, is that if you buy Darker Risen, you're actually buying Dragon's Dogma again. Yeah. So, it's it's a whole game. If you haven't picked it up before, definitely get it. It's a really long and intense story. So, it's it's good.
1: It is good. Cool. Cool. So, last week, Scott, we had uh, Allie Hillis on, and she mentioned a game called Adara, which is an adventure game for uh, the windows. For the windows. for the windows.
3: <laughs> for the windows. <laughs> it's an adventure
1: game for the windows. Um, <laughs> And you actually... You you scurried out and you purchased it.
3: I did. Well actually I, I this is the thing, is that it, I'm pretty sure it was pre-installed on all Windows 8 installs. Oh really? So yeah, and I've seen it on, you know, so I've had it on the tablet, but I knew that it was an episodic adventure game. And at the time I kinda of have this problem where if I start playing something I can't, I have to finish it, you know, so I was very hesitant to start playing Adara because I knew that I'd have to purchase all the episodes and finish the game. But um, when Allie said that she was in the game as the main character, the the voice for the main character, I was, I was uh, good to go. So um, I do, you know, as you guys, as listeners will know, I do play a lot of, like, puzzle-style games. So this is definitely something that I like. So um, I gave it a shot, and I actually did find a lot to like. And I'm not just saying that because Allie's in the game, but it's actually um a really good adventure game and like i mentioned at the beginning of the show um it did remind me of sort of those like old school games from the 90s like your your shivers or your uh you know like mist mist in some ways and like kind of borrows elements from those those types of games and cool. um yeah it's you know so like when you advance through the environments you advance in a mist style way so there
1: um, is an actual narrative going on and it's not it's not just like like dumb puzzle one after dumb puzzle two
3: exactly so like the narrative is that you're you know you get wind of um your grandfather who may still be alive like this is a family of adventurers um and you you play as the main character i think her name is jane sinclair um so you venture out to find out what happened to this this grandfather of yours and then you're some weird shenanigans ensue and your helicopter crashes like in the desert, but there's like seaweed on your helicopter and you're like, how did that happen? Um, so you kind of just venture out and start exploring and you know, that's, that's sort of what provides the the foundation for all of the puzzles and everything. And um, there's sort of a mix puzzles are like a healthy mix of like some hidden hidden item puzzles and then traditional like, puzzles where they show you like some apparatus and you don't know what the rules are. So you kind of explore to figure out how to solve the puzzle. Cool. Uh, there's those kind of puzzles where you explore environments and you just start picking up items and you're like, Oh, why do I have a rock? Why do I have a knife? Like, what do I do with these things? And you get to a puzzle and you're like, Oh, I get it. I use the knife here and I do this thing with the rock. And like, that's how I solve the puzzle. So there's a good variety of those, of those kinds of puzzles. Um, the thing I like about it is that it it does a good job of using some of the features of, like, the Windows 8 platform in the tablet. So, for example, um, you can use the gyroscopic sensor in the Surface to look around the environments. And I, I think that's really cool. But to be honest with you, like, for me, that was, like, a little too, um, like, a little motion sick using it. But I thought it was cool that it was in there. Um, they also use the Windows 8 Metro-style interface to present the menus to you so if you want to like there's there's collectibles throughout the game so you can go to this metro interface to look at the menus you can look at your um save game progress you can look at your achievements um there's even like an ebook that you can access like um from this from this menu um and then the game you know being on a more modern system than like what you had in the 90s there are some animated sequences as well some um You know, some that are also voiced by Ali Hillis. So um, it's just like it's it's interesting because I was pleasantly surprised because the fear with these types of games in this current era of gaming is that a puzzle game like this would be geared more towards like a younger audience, and I don't think that's the case with a game like this. I think that it is accessible to a younger audience, but I think it is um, appropriate to an older gaming audience. So I think it hits. Like if if you remember those old school puzzle adventure games from like the nineties, like this hits the same notes while still incorporating like things that are are relevant to like you know the like a tablet generation of gaming. So um, it's it's a five part episodic game. The first part is free. If um, it's just in the Windows Marketplace, so any machine that's running Windows eight, you can access um, the game and download it. Era. And, you know, get all the achievements and everything. And it's, you know, it's actually it's actually really fun. And I, I definitely think that it's a good um part of the puzzle puzzle adventure genre. And it's like a nice little um adventure story in there too. And if you anyone that's listened to our interview um with Allie Hillis from last week will remember that she mentioned that they as they were recording, she's continuously recording the audio for the game. So as they recorded the first episode they were still exploring like sort of who the character was and what it was all about and she mentioned that in the later episodes they kind of like become a little more um loose with the characters where they start being like a little more sarcastic and like saying like oh my god another puzzle like what am I going to do now you know like that kind of thing so I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that so um I will be picking up the other episodes um but I would encourage everyone else to check out Adara for free on Windows 8 first episode yeah cool cool so, Hillary Nash, you want to spoil Bioshock Infinite for everybody, do you not? Yeah, do you want to listen or not? No, I don't care. I don't mind if you spoil it. It's up to Matt. Yeah, I don't care either. No,
1: it's fine. Go for it. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so, listeners, um, we should probably drop in our uh, trademarks trade. Reaper sounds. Spoilers.
3: Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: Alert. Alert. <laughs> Battle stations.
3: Space alert. <laughs>
1: Space <laughs> alert. <laughs> oh, what is the uh,
0: Aliens one? You now have 14 minutes to reach minimum safe distance. Yes.
1: God, I love that movie. I, that's um, such a great
4: movie. All right. So
1: it. it's been a while since I, I beat Bioshock Infinite, but I do too, yeah. I do remember um, I, I beat it pretty much all in one sitting, which... Let me tell you my wife loves when I sit there for 12 and a half hours. And, <laughs> and she's like wow. Do you want to eat and I'm like you get away from me. <laughs> Don't even look at me. Like, yeah, so that was pretty much happened when I played uh, when I played Infinite, but um I I loved the story. Um that was definitely my my favorite part of infinite and I'm going to be perfectly honest. Like I wasn't, I liked Bioshock a lot, the first Bioshock a lot, but I didn't love it. And I, I mm, didn't I necessarily it. understand why everyone, you know, thought it was the best thing ever. Um, I, I loved it, but I, I wasn't going to like, you know, freak out over it. So this, I, I understand, like I understand the whole, like the worship of Ken Levine and everything after this game, uh, because uh, the way this narrative is constructed it is i honestly felt like i was playing an incredible uh, adventure film from start to finish that was just like just saturated with science fiction and and adventure and all the things that i love so much and it's all part of this incredible story that has time travel and um and everything kind of all inside of this one insane tale so i, I really really love the story what about you hillary
0: um, yeah, I really, really love the story. I did feel a bit creepy at one point. I mean, not that Bioshock has ever not made me feel creepy. It's I, I've been a huge fan forever, but because of a, um, because of something that happens at the end, I was like, "Ooh, I, I'm feeling a bit pervy now for having thought something else." Oh, wait anyway, I mean, this um, is
1: spoiler, so I okay, mean, well, I, okay, I, so, I'm, I
0: don't, I don't want to ruin that one. That's that's like a huge like, oh my god moment.
1: Well, okay. Okay. Well, oh, are we allowed well, to say that? Yeah. I been... This is spo- we're spoiling it.
0: Okay, fine, fine. Okay. So when when you find out that you're Elizabeth's dad, um, what? I felt a bit creepy because what? I...
1: <laughs> Why would
2: you spoil that for me? <laughs> <laughs> we gave you the option. Not only
1: are you Elizabeth's dad, but you're also Comstock, brother. Her you're brother. the main villain of the story too. So here's the yeah. fucking crazy thing. So the whole you're story... the
0: freaking villain. Oh, and they when they choke you. Oh, yes. I was like, yeah. oh, what we is gotta start, going on?
1: <laughs> we got to start at the beginning. So the two-minute rundown is you're hired to rescue this girl from a city in the sky and the year is 1912, 1913. Well, and um this city has decided to uh to not be the part City of in
0: the of clouds the, actually. Yeah.
1: It decided to break free from the union and they hired this super scientist to create these anti-gravity systems and they basically lift the city off into the sky and they have their own their own government, their own way of life and everything. Um, You get hired to go rescue this girl from the city in the sky and the rest is just this fucking crazy adventure of discovering, you know, how these super scientists actually constructed the city and who's the crazy guy running it. And, uh, you know, why is there this civil war going on inside the city and how do people have special powers? And it's it's incredible. Like Mm -hmm. the quality of storytelling is absolutely incredible. Um, It becomes... Okay, um, you might have to uh, do another spoiler sound here, Scott, because we're about to spoil Fringe, the show Fringe. Oh,
3: no. So I'm spoiling Fringe so brutal. right now. Why would you do that? Hang in there. Wow. It's the
1: same fucking story. So here's what happens. Um, you had your, your daughter taken from you when she was a baby. Your daughter becomes Elizabeth from the story. You go to rescue the daughter, and... Um, because the father in the alternate reality could not have children. So he wanted to kidnap a daughter from another reality to raise as his own because he's infertile. So it is literally the story of fringe with the, the two Walter bishops, one stealing Peter and all that kind of stuff. Alternate. Yeah. The Walternate. So, um, yeah. So the main villain is actually you, but he's been all like, um, messed up from scientific testing. And
0: Hmm. no, the thing that's really screwed up though, is that you're in the end game and, you're basically running through all these doors, which are like portals and you come to the conclusion, well, I need to go back in time and kill him when he's a baby. Like I need, I need to like kill this guy before he becomes a problem. And then you end up at this critical point of the game where you had made a choice in another, in another realm. And then all of a sudden, all of these different Elizabeth Elizabeths come up to you and like kill you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? But it was like, it was confusing and cool and awesome all at the same time yeah um the only my only criticism of the game actually because i i really enjoyed i think i played it in three settings um i really honestly enjoyed every minute of it i didn't after i after coming off of tomb raider and having experienced the amazing mechanics combat wise in tomb raider i didn't like the guns as much
1: yes that was my qualm last week you're gonna say what were Mm -hmm. your qualms with bioshock the gameplay was okay. It wasn't yeah. great. The guns didn't feel great. Mm-hmm. I have a real, um, a real problem with, um, oh, what the hell are they called? My God, the 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 special abilities you get, the crows and stuff. Viggers. Viggers. I had a problem with the Vigors. Like,
0: why? I, I, I love the viggers.
1: They're they're great. They look great. But did you do fact... the
0: combos like fly like the flaming yeah, crows but and stuff? The problem with the
1: viggers was that, I don't know. i I'm, I've never been a fan of how, uh, Bioshock. Is kind of old school as mentality like the no regenerating health uh the vigors don't regenerate on their own you have to find like like little bottles and shit around the environment so you're constantly looting like every five seconds like that to me detracts from the gameplay like i shouldn't have to eat candy bars out of out of fucking barrels every three and a half minutes like there's or a cake off cake.
0: of dead people <laughs>
1: yeah or cake or bananas or pineapples or whatever the fuck Hot dogs <laughs> yes like it slows the gameplay down and i'm constantly just like i'm not even looking at what i'm eating i'm just like running around shoveling things into my character to get my bars back up well like, if i think bars were generated even slowly on their own it would kind of remove the need for all that excessive collecting
0: they did have they do have gear that you can find you can find like um, gears like aug- to, like clothes and shoes and stuff to augment your own vigors and powers and stuff so oh, okay there is like I had like vampiric boots or something so anytime I killed an enemy I I received health so oh, okay. in, in a sense that I was constantly regaining health um the eve or the whatever the salts it's salts of this one i think yeah Mm -hmm. so the salt for your powers yeah that one you had to kind of collect all over the place i didn't find any gear that helped me replenish that but yeah as soon as i found that piece of like gear i think it was boots or something that really did help but i i mean i agree i mean you're constantly running around your environment dodging bullets trying to pick up some more salt so you can have murder of crows happen you know what i mean like it's so i
1: understand like the, the powers are incredibly like Insanely powerful, like you can take mm-hmm. out massive groups of enemies. But I think there is, um, you know, it, it, it's essentially a mana system for a spell, right? Let, I mean, mm-hmm. let's call it whatever the fuck you want. That's what it is. But uh, there's a way to make that happen more organically without having to go around and and constantly re- replenish it through picking up items. I just think that's a really old school kind of way of doing things.
0: Well, what so did me- you think about? What did you think about the ship defense battle? That was that was like the only like oh, oh that was like hard. That, I hated that. I yeah. really did hate that.
1: That was really hard. Um, I, I liked controlling the Songbird, which is also kind of a spoiler, but Songbird sort of like this this game's version of the Big Daddy. Um, but uh, I, I enjoyed that fight because it was so challenging, and um, I loved because at that point in the game, you're incredibly powerful. Like mm-hmm. the amount of stuff you can do is pretty insane because you're at your maximum level. It's the last fight of the game, right? So <laughs> it's nice. It was nice being able to lay waste to like so much at the same time, even though it was really hard.
4: Yeah,
0: I don't know. I, I, that I actually felt was it was challenging, but it wasn't as hard as if I had to go through, you know, um a a legion of troops or something. You you know what I mean? I would have I would have preferred on the ground combat yeah. as opposed to trying to do like a tower defense or ship defense. Yeah. I'm because, just that's just not my my cup of tea. But. the last
1: thing we should probably talk about um is uh the the characters, uh, Booker DeWitt and uh, and essentially Elizabeth. I was who are, so
0: broken hearted. I loved Booker. <laughs>
1: yeah. Booker was great. And Troy Baker did a, an awesome job as Booker. He was absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, Courtney Draper did Elizabeth. And you know what's crazy? She actually quit voice acting and uh, quit acting. Really? And she's in law school now.
4: Oh, so wow. I don't
1: know why I learned that, but I did. Uh, but yeah, so she, uh, well, both of them did an incredible job. Um you know, with their characters and, uh, the AI for everyone's been talking about this. So I apologize if you listen to other podcasts or read the internet at all about Bioshock, everyone's been like glowing about the Elizabeth AI and it is some of the best AI you'll ever see mm-hmm. in your life. It's incredible. Like she never gets in the <laughs> way. She's helpful. She tosses yeah. you ammo. She's not annoying. Um, she is just a great character. So, uh, they did a brilliant job with her.
0: I agree. Especially when she gives you money.
1: Yes. Like the whole
3: catching money thing never got mm-hmm. old. You no. And, or, old. or
0: salt or health yeah. or whatever.
4: Yeah. yeah. No, Here's I was really excited. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Bioshock, Bioshock two, Bioshock infinite. How do you make a sequel to this game? What, what comes after infinite?
0: Well, they ended you. So that what they did that I thought was really creative is that they dropped you as you're figuring out what's happening in the end game after you've, you know, done the ship defense thing. Um, you go back, or you go into the future to the time when Bioshock happens. So you go underwater into that world that I, I personally really dig. So the fact that they tie that in, I was super happy about. What they could probably do now is what happens between Booker slash Comstock dying to the time when you become Big Daddy.
4: Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if they they really think that 2 is part of the canon, to be honest. Um, What what I think, how Bioshock Infinite ended was saying that there are literally infinite realities, which is where the title comes from. And in every single reality, there is um, an oppressive ruler. There is a, a man trying to save a girl. There is, um, you know, a, a super city that's, you know, forged of science. And mm-hmm. in every single one of those realities, um, it's going to kind of repeat infinitely. So, in essence, there are unlimited games, all of which are remotely similar to one another. Uh, but the, all of them can also be tied together because they are part of the same universe, but they are all different realities. It gets super, super David Lynch, super crazy, like time-travel-y, science um, mm-hmm. But it's it's great. It's so well done.
3: Um, last question. Is yeah. this a ninety percent plus game or is that just groupthink and people saying like, hey, this game is supposed to be ninety plus. I'm gonna give it a ninety plus.
1: No, to be honest, man, I wanted to hate it. I really did. I'm not mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to not like this game. Mm-hmm. There were moments that I literally stood up off the couch and like yelled over to my wife like did you see that like for instance <laughs> there's like r- these like, rips in reality open up and you oh think yeah 1914 and all of a sudden you'll just You're, hear cindy like Lopper yeah, yeah or the police or like cindy lopper music coming through this hole in time and then, like, you'll start listening to all the period-specific music yeah. and realize that the barbershop quartets are singing music from the 80s and 90s. Dude, that killed me. It
0: that totally, made totally killed me, me.
1: Freak the fuck out because you realize it's like these people are using time travel and using technology from the future to build this city of the past, and like, you know, basically cannibalizing all that information and all of that tech to build this new society, which just was like the coolest thing ever for me.
3: All right. Yeah,
0: I think like the first it. time you see the first time you see the barbershop quartet, they're singing like the Beach Boys.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. And I
0: was like, "Wait, what?"
1: <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
0: It
3: was amazing. Oh, and,
1: and Jennifer Hale kills in it too. She's a, she a secondary character, uh, supporting character, but she's great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. It was long winded. I'm sorry. I'm very excited.
3: That's okay. People That's wanted cool. to know. Somebody yeah. wanted to know what we thought about this game. So there you go. Yeah.
1: we you. So, Hillary, you saw. We, we Tom Cruise, um, He's five,
3: seven, according to Google,
1: <laughs> we, oh. we little Tom Cruise in a movie called oblivion, which I was apprehensive about because I'm sort oh, of really? a little, I'm getting Morgan Freeman saturation in my life at this point. Mm-hmm. We're like, I see him and I'm like, Oh, he's that character again. And it makes me not want to see the movie. Um, yeah. so tell me about oblivion very briefly. No spoilers. Cause it yeah, no, spoil.
0: no. Um, so just really quick, it's um, an amazing sci-fi movie that I think anyone who can appreciate a different spin on um, some things, boy, if I say that it's totally spoilery. Okay, let me back up. So it basically is set in the world where you just there's been an alien invasion and now there's people who um, take care of the planet for its resources because the humans have moved off the planet and are living in a spaceship. Um, orbiting the Earth, and then also living on Titan, which is one of—I um, believe—I'm going to totally mess this up. I believe it's one of Saturn's moons. Yes, Titan
4: I think it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. So
0: humans are now living on another planet because the Earth is just inhabitable. So they send people to Earth to, um you know, collect the water out of the ocean and do things like that. So you you kind of go into this movie, and there's a man and a woman. Um, one being Tom Cruise, obviously, um, t- like flying around and making sure the drones are watching the big. They look like oil rigs, but on steroids, um, kind of all over the planet, just gathering resources. And their job is to make sure that these machines are working and that they're work- they're functioning as an effective team and that everything is going well. And, and then in two weeks or whatever, they're going to go back to Titan. So they're looking forward to-, to getting off the planet. Well, Tom Cruise has like this kind of relationship with the Earth. Where he wants to find out more about its history and kind of the he keeps like a tin that has like a plant and he's taking care of it, so he's he's kind of enjoying being on the planet and is is kind of questioning whether or not he wants to leave. So a yeah. bunch of things happen, and there's um, you know a bunch of rebels humans that are still living on the planet fighting back against the stealing of the resources, um, and and it this this war happens and there's a bunch of twists and turns in the plot. Cool. So you recommend it? I was super entertained. Yeah. Great.
2: Great. This is is actually, it's directed by a guy named Joseph Kosinski. It's only his second movie. He did Tron Legacy. I like Legacy. And then he did uh, this. And it's got a weird history. He actually wrote uh, and produced a graphic novel called Oblivion so that he could sell this story to Hollywood to make a movie. (laughs) Interesting. <laughs> it's a roundabout way of doing it. Get on, yeah. In. Like, like yeah. he didn't think he would get to make it because he's you know first time director and he knew it'd, it'd be kind of a big budget sci fi movie. So he got Tron and then made this. I don't know if the timing was he made this first or or after Tron, but got Tron and and kind of proved himself and then you know sold this graphic novel to Hollywood to say like, hey, look, I, I already made the story, I already already produced what it's going to be. I just want to do it as a movie. So. Awesome. Actually, I've I've been excited to see this. I just I haven't had time with moving and everything to to go see it yet. But um, I'm glad you liked it because I've heard it's gorgeous, and I love it the really soundtrack is. done by M83, which is I know we're both fans of.
0: Mm-hmm. No, uh, I think I, I think it's definitely one of those movies that you want to spend the extra money and actually go see it in the theater. I, yeah. I would highly I would highly recommend it. It's it's really it's a huge movie, and it's you're going to really like it.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Right, so, uh...
3: Back the the photo, y'all.
1: All right, guys, we are back with our Naquato of the Week, the Nerd Appropriate Question of the Week. (laughs) Of the Week, of the Week. Nerd Appropriate, episode 102. And this one um, uh, happened for sort of an interesting reason. Uh, When one of our listeners contacted us, um, saying they are having uh, problems downloading uh, one of the podcasts, and uh, got to chatting over Twitter, and it turns out that they were tweeting us from Africa. And I was like, Incredibly surprised and a little bit humbled and and I started wondering um, where some of you guys were from so we the question was uh, where are you currently li- where are you currently living and what's your favorite thing about uh, where you live about your hometown and. Um, and we got some amazing responses this week, and I had no idea you guys were from so many different places. <laughs>
3: That's amazing. <laughs> really, I think cool. that really means a lot to. It and does. I really appreciate and like
1: it. as we read through these, like I was annoying the crap out of my wife like all weekend as we're getting these. And I was like, "We have someone from Switzerland. We have another person." And she's just like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't." <laughs> <But these laughs> At first, really... I
0: thought your question was kind of creepy. I'm not gonna
1: lie. <laughs> See, it was for the most non-creepy reason.
0: Oh, I know I know, but at first I, I was like was why just, would you ask that?
2: Yeah. I actually thought he was just looking for a new place to live. Where <laughs> do you live? Some, crowdsource some answers about what would be good right? Uh, yeah well,
1: I was actually just super curious because uh, we can look at analytics, but they're just weird so it's it's easier to actually hear um, from people and um, and we have a lot of answers here so you mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay, so we'll start off with Aurora uh, Mitchell, who is at uh, Aurora Mitchell. And she says, bonjour from Quebec. So we have one from Quebec.
2: Yay. I still, that's uh, Melissa and I's list this year is uh, um, Montreal. Montreal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, dying to go, dying to go.
3: Um, Jacques Major, Jack, 1997 um, says Ottawa, Ontario. For the capital of Canada, we certainly don't get very many cons. That doesn't <laughs> seem like a highlight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, Shun D at Selenema Lim. Lim 923 about- says, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I love the different cultures and races that coexist together and the awesome food. And the food is awesome. Our our uh, a little personal detail, Ash and I's wife's family is from from Malaysia, right outside yes. of Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Wow. You hear about it all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: So the flying beer at the flying beer so- I'm going to pronounce the first one wrong. I know it. Neon or Nyan. Either one. Anyway, well, it's in it. Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> near Geneva and the CERN uh, Large Haldron, Hald- Hadron Collider. Oh, my I, God. I just totally, I, I totally ruined it. It. Why, Why would I
3: say my glider? name? Why
0: would <laughs> I say my name? Okay. <laughs> Hope I won't be swallowed by a black hole. Yes. This one literally here.
1: made me like jump and we'll go, oh, my God how yeah. fucking cool is that that this yeah. guy lives right next to the, the, the freaking large Hadron Collider. Or lady. How terrifying. Guy or lady. Guy or, or lady. lady. Sorry. Yes, yeah. it's true.
0: Hold on. I'm going to find out really quick how to pronounce that because that's going to really bother me. Is someone totally... Is it... Hold on. Hadron?
2: Or Naya? No, Naya. Oh. Uh, so, you know, friend of the show, Melissa K at the Quad Skater says, first time I read this, I was like, what? It didn't even make sense to me when I read it and now I understand it. Although I will admit is it Alberta? Is A-B Alberta? Mm.
4: Mm.
2: I just moved to Population 7,000, Innisfail, Alberta, and it's only one hour from Calgary and just two under two hours to Edmonton, Expos all around. And we actually talked about this at PAX East when she was moving. She was super excited. She was like, I don't live... She, I guess her town is pretty small, but she's like in a good size distance from everything. And then I was like, oh, that's cool.
3: Still also, Canada. Still also icy roads add, everywhere. I, <laughs> just kidding, I wanted though. to add from uh, from the press to reset reset transmission perspective uh on episode 101 we dished out some pretty harsh challenges i think but i also wanted to add that uh they also said some really nice things about us in our <laughs> reaching episode 100 on their most recent podcast so mm.
4: um
3: thank you to the reset transmission folks for the love we appreciate it and we would encourage our listeners to also go check out reset transmission at press of course, of Do course it. absolutely thank you guys it's awesome yeah
1: so uh Eric Halston uh he says uh Robbinsdale a suburb a suburb near Minneapolis um the origin of Wiz publishing of Captain Billy Wizbang later they'd make Sh- Shazam the nerdiest thing was me submitting uh an ingress portal at the site of the mural commera- commemorating Captain Billy Wizbang
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you know Minneapolis is rated one of the best cities to live in in the country? Really? 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 time again. Yeah. You know what was number 98 on that list?
3: What? Fort Myers, Florida. There you go. <laughs> hey Born and raised. Just kidding. Well, do you want to say your answer then, Ash? Do you have something? Somebody- well, I mean,
1: obviously, uh, most of you guys know I live in Orlando, Florida. And um, my favorite thing about Orlando, Florida, that is a hard one. Um, I would <laughs> probably it's harsh. have to say... That my favorite thing about Orlando, Florida,
0: <laughs> Harry Potter land,
1: no, is having Matt and Scott really close by.
3: Oh, that's the nerdiest thing about Orlando, everybody. <laughs> Me and Scott.
2: <laughs> you heard it here you first. Nerdiest oh, wow. thing. About Orlando. Yeah.
0: I'm feeling a little left out, guys.
2: Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Live 3000 miles away. It's yeah.
0: true. Anne Barenz at Anne Berenz on Twitter, says, Chicago, Illinois, USA. I love how busy the city is. I grew up in the suburbs and was so bored. Mm.
2: I have been looking at cities lately for different reasons, and Chicago comes up over and over and over again. And every time I ask somebody, like, hey, you know, Chicago or New York or Chicago and D.C., Chicago wins the fight every time from anybody who's been to both places. It's the mm. weirdest thing to me. Interesting. Mm. I haven't been since I was 17, and honestly, I hated it when I was 17, but that's not an accurate depiction of any city when you go, when you're 17, so. That is true. Yeah.
3: Um. Robert Frumering at Mr. Slick says, cold land of Alaska. My favorite thing is huge family gatherings. Great family keeps me from moving. Nine sisters, six brothers. Wow.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, here's the view up in the A1 in Alaska. Mountains surround the city. A1. Yeah, no interstates in Alaska. My favorite pastime is family gatherings. And he, repeats
1: himself. Uh, he actually repeats. sent us a picture, which I, I want to put in the show notes, because he actually stepped outside and took a picture of what it looked like where he lives, which was <laughs> awesome. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Kind of jealous. That's awesome.
3: Uh, yeah. And we had always wondered why we'd never seen uh, Mr. Freemering at any conventions, and now we know why, because he's in Alaska. Yeah, he's in Alaska. But we appreciate him uh, talking yeah. to us all the time. It's awesome.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
2: So I
3: like I like Hitler C's answer. Yeah,
2: Hitler C wants to remain a man of mystery and just says nope, 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 nope. And I'm not going to read them all, but it's over and over again. Yeah. Dot A V I. Dot A V
3: I. We're not trying to stalk you. We really just wanted to know what you like about where you live. Yeah. Is a creepy question. It was not a creepy question. The intention of the question was not. I guess it's different if
2: you're if you're a woman. So Hillary, do you want to give up your answer or no?
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna, gonna be, be, be vague. vague. You don't have to say the yeah.
2: name of of the town you live in or anything.
0: No, no. So I'm I'm gonna say I live in the San Francisco Bay Area,
4: there
2: you and
0: go. the thing that I love about it is that I feel like I'm part of something big. Like that sounds very weird to say, but I feel like because Silicon Valley's here there's always interesting people to talk to and you find that you, you find yourself getting in conversations about new technology and kind of the capabilities for us in the future. I really love that about being here. So, awesome.
1: Yeah, but you don't live next to the large Hadron collider or anything.
0: <laughs> no, but I live close to the big Google.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Cool. Yeah. Scott, you have to read the next one.
3: Um, no, wait, okay. The one after
1: that, you have to read Corey Ann Campbell's, not this one.
3: Okay, well, there's Wait, two more.
1: You're
2: skipping. There's two more. Then. You're oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. I got
0: excited. All right, so, so I'll, i so Karen <laughs> Bella Canto one one four says Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. My workplace, Bioware, is likely the nerdiest place, but my favorite <laughs> is the Awesome Science Center. Ah, oh, awesome. cool. Did you notice that she spelled center R E R E? Yeah. Do you know that she's a she's an American in Canada?
3: I do know that expat.
0: Yep. So, so she's, take, she's taking on the Canadian I spelling. I was going to
3: say, that sounds very English as well. Mm-hmm.
2: I like that Hillary gets to weed bo- read both the Switzerland and the Sweden one. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I'm taking this one too? Yeah,
2: sure. it's your turn. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I
0: just went. I just said Karen. <laughs> you should know how to read <laughs> oh, this oh, word. Yeah, oh,
2: this is Ashland. Sorry. Ashland. Oh, okay. it's,
0: it's uh, Ostersund. Ostersund. Okay. And so Nora I think, uh, I think Nora, that means like, East, I think. Nora
1: I at Interpreter13 says, Ostersund, Sweden. Beautiful at night, lots of snow, and our local game store has an awesome owner and employees. Isn't game like GameStop here in America? Uh, yeah, it is. Game actually. is like the European store. Yeah, yeah it is. Cool. Thank you for contacting us all the way from Sweden, by the way, Nora. That's awesome. I cool.
3: love Sweden. Um, Corey Ann Campbell at Jelly Drake says, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Nerdy Fun, Weird owls, UHF was filmed here. And, uh, Scott, have you ever watched UHF? I don't know. I, I think I've heard of that movie once or twice, <laughs> UHF. Hey and kids. Uh, Corianne is right, and I, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but if, you, if by chance you happen to own or ever get a chance to own the uh, DVD or Blu-ray for UHF, you should listen to it with a commentary turned on because Weird Al can remember the names of all of the places and all of the extras and people that they filmed with during the movie and he talks about them throughout the whole film. And it's like totally bizarre. It's
2: Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Scott, why don't you do yours?
3: Um, well, should I talk about Orlando or should I talk about where we're from? I I mean, I guess it's whichever one you want. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll just, I'll say Orlando then. So obviously we're central Florida, Orlando. And I think, I think, I think the thing that I like about it is that a lot of people are kind of down on Orlando, but I kind of like it because, there's kind of like a one of everything feel here. There's kind of like something, I feel like there's something for everybody and there's a little something of everything here. You know what I mean? So I kind of like that aspect of it. I like that there's like a tourist area and then like in sort of like an indie area and a college area. And there's sort of like this whole, it's like a big, it's becoming like a melting pot. And I think that sort of variety is enough to keep me interested. And I, I kind of like that. So that's, that's my answer.
2: Sweet. Uh, Bethany Westmoreland at Hemi Art says, Seattle, and I love so many things about it. Packs, amazing coffee, food trucks, putting birds on things, all awesome. <laughs>
3: Apparently they also put birds on things. Yeah, I was going to say, do they get Portland? Yeah.
1: They think they do. Yeah. Put a
3: bird on it.
1: Um, Justin Banks at Midtown583 says, Pembroke Pines, Florida, nothing really nerdy here, but we do have the best comic shop, uh, Taste Comics, to the north of us. And to be c- completely clear... I saw him tweet at us yeah.
4: uh,
1: and he was tweeting at us on his wedding day. Yeah. Congratulations. What? Congratulations. Congratulations, Midtown 583, Justin Banks. And yeah, I was like, hey, isn't it your wedding day? And he goes, yeah, but I always have time for the Naquato. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh
3: What? I love that. that Thanks, guy, but that
1: Awesome. Guy needs Thank a you. Butt massage or something. Happy wedding. Yeah.
0: So, Nate Hales at NHales80 says, Omaha, Nebraska. It's centrally located and people are nice. It's one million people, but you wouldn't know it. Also, steaks. Go Big Red.
3: (laughs) You can order steaks from Omaha, Nebraska. Can you Yeah, you can. Yeah.
2: Omaha steaks, I believe. Uh, A friend of ours, of Scott and ours, uh, Scott and my's, friend of Scott and mine. Hmm yeah we'll go with that yeah uh is travis (laughs) t2 is absolutely obsessed with omaha nebraska right now
3: (laughs) oh i didn't know that
2: he visited and every time he talked about like where they want to live eventually he was like it's so cheap and everyone's so nice and it's still like a big city but it's like cheap it's super cheap and everybody's really (laughs) nice and i'm like oh my god he would not stop talking about it cool
0: yeah well i have family that's from nebraska so go big red awesome yeah
3: um eric at each 33 says pittsburgh pennsylvania our casino uh Primanti Bros restaurant. Must have if you ever pass through. Um nothing nerdy here, unfortunately. I'm sure there's something nerdy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
2: Yeah. Steel town. Yeah. It's just tough. It's just a tough as nails town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh Andrew oh. Baker at A Baker and seven says, I live in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. Right? Yeah. I like that my town is trying to get more nerdy. Our third Comic-Con happens this June. It's a good thing because finding like-minded geeks in this city is near impossible. Oh. Awesome. Aww.
1: He writes to us often, so he thanks does. again, Andrew. He's an awesome guy. Um, Stumpy Nat, Natalie, our good friend, says, I live outside of San Francisco. I like to see lions down on Fisherman's Wharf. Aw. That's fun to go down there and look at them lay it around
2: is. all bloaty. Mm.
3: Uh, how, Matt, how about you? What is your, what is your answer to this question?
2: Uh, I don't know. Can I give two about the place I just moved from and the place I'm in now? Sure. Sure. Why not? I'm in Orlando now. And, uh, you know, family and friends is definitely top of the list, uh, about why I like being here just cause I like being near everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I do have to agree with Scott and I was thinking that, uh, a big reason that it's becoming such a more of a kind of like actual city is that uh, the university here is gigantic now. UCF used to be a really tiny kind of commuter school and it's gotten a lot bigger in the past probably about 15 years. Mm -hmm. I think we're starting to see college kids actually stick around after college and kind of set roots here and that's usually how cities bigger cities that have colleges in them tend to grow a little bit and get more unique and fun things because people actually want to stay and live there and not just go here for four years and then take off or come and work at Disney for a year and then leave. Or, you know, like we were pretty transient for a long time. So I think that's happening and it's a good thing. Uh, there's a lot of kind of community starting to happen in the city and that's good. And then uh, there's a lot of
3: people that want community here. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and
2: then I just moved from Brooklyn and, uh, Brooklyn, I think I, the best thing I would say about New York and it's, it's like an intangible is that, uh, New York really felt like anything was kind of possible. It was weird. It was like you live there, and there's just like a weird energy there that makes it feel like anything is is freaking possible at any time. So mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. I loved I loved that about it. Awesome. But yeah,
1: good answers. All right, Ness Clark. Shortly at VCS. Shortly uh, says that she is from Burlington, Ontario. Uh, live in Hillsborough, North Carolina. We have awesome beer here, courtesy of Mystery Brewing. Man, Hillsboro is really close to where I vacation in the summer, so that's kind of crazy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So, Anorak's Oasis says, Colorado Springs, Colorado. I have to say the view. I get to wake up every day and look at the mountains. Nice. wow. These are the 8-bit. That's
1: the 8-bit gang. This is their their podcast, so Mm -hmm. congratulations to them. I think they're like 10 episodes in or something like that.
3: Absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Um, Jen Jarvis at Hokey98JJ says, I live in Manassas, Virginia, DC yeah. suburbs. Pretty cool area for history nerds. I know you can appreciate that. Indeed. That's yes. cool. Hi, Jen. I'm th- pretty there, too. I think we're, think we're all about the DC area. I think that's yeah, I love a DC. fan favorite. Oh, I,
2: would,
0: I would totally live there.
3: Yeah, yeah DC's one for of sure. my favorite
2: fav areas yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. Me,
0: too.
2: Uh, so, sort of last, but but not really uh, Carlo at Platinum Fist uh, says Tucson, Arizona, awesome sunsets pretty much daily And the Sonoran hot dog
4: Just in got large? to deal
2: With that heat And we understand that in Florida
3: Yeah, we yes, certainly we do, do. It's a different kind of heat, right? I'm sure the heat there is drier and ours. It's is... a dry heat. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's is, but there's gets. I mean, it climbs pretty damn yeah. high for being a dry heat. So I think you still feel it at the end of the day. Yeah, we just mm-hmm. have swamp ball here here. Yeah, most of the time. That's what you yeah. just said. Yes.
1: And I guess we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna wrap things up. We got an email um, from Switzerland. Um, it
3: relates, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah.
1: And, and we're gonna. Do you want to read the
3: email? Um, well, uh... I'll just summarize it a little bit.
1: Okay, summarize
4: it.
3: Um so we got an email from uh Marie, who is a French Java developer who lives in the French part of Switzerland, says loves drinking uh loves playing video games and drinking beer. Um and says, Thanks to you, I get to improve my English skills through listening to Nerd Appropriate, which is awesome. Which is great Ask... and a little scary at the same yeah. time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and as soon as I read that We're, I was like, we man, are sorry I
3: for that. I hope Ash has not tarnished this person. Yeah, she's gonna get uh, arrested. No. Yeah, but we will we will try to, try to, uh, I guess, help help you in that aspect mm-hmm. with this. With She's going to go
1: to work and be like, tell me of the cum command. I, <laughs> oh, I want oh, to know God. all about yeah. cum command. Please don't
3: say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, gets yeah, to learn done. about uh, geek, huh? cult, geek, uh, uh, geek culture at her leisure without moving from the couch. Um, and then laughs at our podcast, which we really appreciate. So um thank you for writing in uh marie that's really awesome um she asks if we do plan to go to europe this year to any uh conventions um unfortunately i don't think we do at this time but let
2: me, uh, let me check the budget real quick <laughs> yeah uh, nope, 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 i happening. might
0: be in sweden but not for not for nerdy stuff
2: we would love to the short answer is we would love to uh, but yeah absolutely not at this this juncture it probably yeah, thank you yeah. marie for writing in. I that's super awesome
3: soon. i actually I actually did. I was planning a vacation last year, and I did actually look at um, the the French part of Switzerland. and I thought it was really nice, and I just didn't make it over there. But I, I really hope to go someday. So that's awesome. that's really cool. I hope you enjoy it over there in Switzerland.
1: Yeah. Sometime. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. Yeah,
3: and thanks for writing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, big thanks to everyone for writing on that one. That one was a little personal, so we appreciate you not... Thinking. I
3: kind of like that question. I feel like we got to learn a lot about each that, other.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. It was cool finding out where people <laughs> were from. Because, to be honest, a lot of these people have been writing us, yeah. answering our questions of the week for you know well over a year, at least, and I had no idea where the hell they were from, so it's nice to know where they're from now.
3: <laughs> I feel like a family now. We're like a closer yeah, family. This is great. Except, yeah. except Kittler. Yeah. nope, nope. Nope, nope,
0: nope,
4: nope, nope, nope. nope,
3: nope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love that mysterious Kittler scene.
2: He, he should have just linked uh, the, Shia, the LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf
3: video. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf.
2: Hiding in the shadows.
3: <laughs> All right. We already <laughs> played that music.
2: Yeah,
1: we did.
3: All
2: right.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 102 of the Rated NA podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at nerdappropriate and become part of our slowly growing community <laughs> but we appreciate you guys very very much uh, you can follow us um, or ch- check us out on Facebook slash Nerd Appropriate, or shoot us an email um, like Marie did and it's uh, Ash Scott Hillary 1L or Matt at nerdappropriatecom dot com and um, you know we're all over the place so thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will be back next week with a fresh new episode Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks
2: guys see ya thank you Bye everyone.
0: 102. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? Like, you know and you know that this particular foe is Do you like... you have a
3: pen in your hand? Yeah. You are all business all the time.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Such a sophisticated businesswoman. Sometimes. I'm going to hold in my hand. Make it look like I'm busy. I'm going to put a pencil behind my ear.
2: I'm going to hold... Uh, I'm just going to hold deodorant right next to the mic. Is that weird, guys? <laughs> nice.
4: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: By the way, number one business tip, always have deodorant in your desk.